Good morning. It's great to, great to see you this morning. Um, uh, no, it wasn't announcements, but just a quick um, reminder. We are uh, speaking to kids from raising money for carpet up here. And you guys have done really well in, in helping contribute, but we, got some, we still got some distance to go. We got about $1,700 we still need to raise of the 5500 So uh, good job. Thank you for all of you who have responded. Um, if God puts it on your heart to, to help us get there, just uh, you can write a check and put it in the box, or if you give online, just put in the memo, building fund, and it'll go to, uh, uh, to get in the carpet. So um, we're getting there. So I appreciate um, the leaders and the leadership team here have worked really well. I know I appreciate the thank you um, of guiding through COVID. Uh, it, 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 it was and continues to be a challenge, um, but we got good leadership team here who prays together, who works well together, um, who communicates uh, well, and so we're really a blessed church to have uh, so many people on the same page who love God and who love each other and want to see this uh, church move forward, so that's awesome. Well, we're in the middle of a series, Becoming Your Calling, and Gene, I forgot all about the RE series, and I preached it, but... Uh, it, it was, uh, I remember that too, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, um, and I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you guys. It's nice to stand up here and see you smile back at me instead of just, you know, you know. so uh, some of you, I almost forgot what you looked like, but um, handsome and beautiful as ever. Uh, so we're in the middle of our, our series, just uh, Becoming Your Calling, and here at Faith, you know, we want to be a church where you can believe on Christ. Uh, You can belong to community, which is what our focus is this summer, is just to reconnect around that. But then also become your calling, who God has invited you to become. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he tells us that when we are in Christ, we're a new creation. And, And that's just, what has God called us to? What has he invited us to in this new creation? Because as, as a result of being a new creation, we should live a life that's very different than our previous, right? And um, uh, what's incredible about God, that he not only invites us to live a life that's full of peace, that's full of purpose and fulfillment and healing and joy and all these kinds of things, he not only extends the invitation to live that life, but he equips us to live that life as well. He doesn't just leave us on our own and say, hey, figure it out. Here's the, here's the goal, here's the carrot, so to speak, and figure out how to get there. He actually gives us um, a pathway and encourages us and gives us different things. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, we've talked so far that he's equipped us with his word. That's one of the things he's given us to equip us. He's equipped us with the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week, a major component of that. And then today's focus, excuse me, I got a cough. Today's focus is God equips us through leaders. Uh, And leadership is a common topic today, not just in our churches, but in the world at large. Uh, You can find all sorts of books, trainings, podcasts, seminars, etc. on leadership and the topic of leadership. And I want to kind of just clarify for you that when we're talking leadership, I'm going to be talking about biblical leadership. And biblical leadership and secular leadership are two very different things. Uh, Somebody can be 
an incredible leader in the business and secular world and be a terrible spiritual leader, and vice versa. And so um, we're going to look at the lens through biblical leadership. And like the other two topics, when we're talking about the Word of God and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, it's a huge topic to talk about. Certainly can't do it in tw- the 20 to 30 minutes we have here today. And so um, in leadership, we're going to narrow it down and really focus on just how do leaders equip me for the calling or the invitation God has given me. Um, so certainly we're not going to touch on all aspects of leadership today, just around that. But first, before I dive in um, and just start talking about how do leaders equip, for, uh, equip us, we need to establish that leadership is from God. And that it's not just a bunch of... Uh, you know, of narcissistic men and women who just want people to follow them. Like, leadership is actually given to us by God. And I'm going to share a few uh, scriptures, uh, and again, especially within the uh, biblical context here. In John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17, it's the story where uh, Jesus meets Peter on the beach. And Peter has denied Christ, and there's some awkwardness there. And I'm going to hone in on this piece of conversation Jesus has with Peter. It says this, when they had finished eating, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And, and just a quick note on that. Uh, just before Peter denied Jesus, he said, even if all of them deny you, I never will. Right? And now Jesus is in front of all of them and says, Peter, do you love me more than all of these? Uh, that's got to be very awkward, a very pointed question. Peter knew exactly where Jesus was taking him back to, right? Yes, Lord, he says, you know that I love you. And Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus answered, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, now remember, Peter denied Jesus three times. There's a connection here of Jesus asking him three times. Uh, We're not going to get into today, but Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. What is going on here uh, in, in this realm? Well, first of all, Jesus is reinstating Peter. He's saying, Peter, I know you love me. Um, it's the forgiving him for denying him and so on. But this is a reference. He's commissioning Peter uh, and the references to the role of a shepherd who fed, protected, and governed the sheep. So he's saying to to Peter, listen, uh, feed my sheep, guard my sheep, guide my sheep. So he's he's giving him a leadership role uh, for the people. So we're going to unpack that in a little bit. Uh, And then we see that uh, that what Jesus did and said is then carried out by the apostles as well. He wasn't just talking to Peter. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, 
Paul and Barnabas appointed for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So you see Paul and Barnabas appointing elders which were leaders in the churches that they were going around and establishing. Men uh, at that period of time culturally men who would lead the church who would guide and nourish and guard the flock. And then in Acts chapter 20, we see Paul's encouragement to the elders at the church of Ephesus. And he says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which I have made you overseers. He says, Who the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So Paul's saying, listen, it's the Holy Spirit who has made you a leader of this group of people. Keep watch over them. Do your job, basically, is what he's saying. And so Paul is making reference here. It's the Holy Spirit who appointed these people to be overseers of this church. He goes on and says, Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Again, here's that reference to shepherd, which a shepherd in that context, I don't think anyone in this room has been a shepherd. If you have, man, that'd be awesome. I'd love to chat with you. Um, but a shepherd, in that context, every, almost everybody was a shepherd. It was like saying, hey, who of you are online here? Like everybody understood that, the references here. And it was somebody who nourished, who guarded, and who guided their flock of sheep. So it's another reference to that. And lastly, the scripture uh, in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So he's saying, hey, those leaders that you see in the church, Christ has given those to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. I mean, these and other scriptures, they're numerous. They show us that God appoints leaders to equip us to live the new life. And and we need to understand and we need to see that especially in today's world when we've seen so uh, much corruption and failing on the part of leadership uh, that God has established leadership to equip us. So how are leaders supposed to equip us? What, is, what does scripture point to us today? I think there's a lot we could look at. There's a lot of individual scriptures. There's Old Testament scriptures. We could go in a lot of places here. But Paul in the New Testament, I think, writes the most in encouraging of that and even his relationship with Timothy, especially as he leads Timothy. Um, and this could be a whole study. Uh, again, I'm just going to point out some, some things here. So what's the first thing that how God uses leaders uh, to equip us? The first thing is that leaders establish and maintain God's standard. Leaders establish and maintain God's standard. At least that's what they should do. Okay? We all can have mindsets. We know of people who didn't do that and they were leaders. We're talking about uh, God's idea of leaders. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. He's talking about for the people there, he established God's standards. He laid a foundation that they could build off of. And Paul came in and would do that. Uh, most, a lot of times this is the office of the apostle, what 
the work of an apostle does. He comes in and just establishes the baseline. This is foundational. This is God's standards. And then he goes on and uh, he says this, and someone else is building on it, but each should build with care. In Philippians, Paul says this. He says, they preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. He's talking about, he's, he's not only it goes out and establishes, but he's also maintaining, he's defending uh, the gospel message. He's not letting it erode. He's not letting it go somewhere it shouldn't go. He's defending the good news. Uh, and you see a lot of this in Paul's writings where he's arguing and he's articulating. He's saying, hey, don't let somebody lead you astray. Learn what you, what you learned before. This is what you need to do. Don't go off here. Don't follow them. This is what God said. Like, and you hear that a lot from most pulpits, I hope. This maintaining, saying, this is what God says. This is what God said we should do. Reconcile your life with it. It's a maintaining of God's standard. And then, I don't know how often we do this in church, but in, in, uh, Paul writes to Titus in Titus 1.11, and he says this. He's talking about people who are speaking untruth. He says, they must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching, and they do it only for money. So again, Paul's telling Titus, listen, you need to silence those people. They're leading whole families astray. Again, another saying, hey, you're a leader in that church, Titus. Your role is to maintain God's standard, not allow mistruths to flourish. So godly leaders equip and maintain God's, uh, establish and maintain God's standards. And this is important for us. Uh, It's important that you are in an environment where God's standards are upheld because in that, then you can, that equips you to learn and to grow and to not be led astray and chasing all kinds of crazy, weird teachings that you're not sure what is right and what isn't. It's a leader's uh, role. God uses a leader to establish and maintain that for us. And by the way, we should hold our leaders accountable that they should do that. If they're not doing that, then they're not leading well. Um, And so leaders equip us by establishing God's standards. They maintain it through a lot of different ways. Uh, uh, They maintain it and establish it by the preaching of the gospel, by teaching, by correcting. The biblical term is rebuking. I hate being rebuked uh, because it's... You know, who likes to be corrected? It's like having a little spiritual spanking. But um, God uses leaders to do that and to hold us accountable. And this is part of a growth. Hopefully you're doing this parenting, right? If you're a parent, uh, you're, you're teaching, you're correcting, you're holding accountable, and this helps them, uh, child, grow and be equipped to be a productive adult. So what's the second way that God uses leaders in our life? And the, the second one is this, leaders shocking, lead the way. I mean, that's why we get the word leader from, right? Leaders lead. In fact, we get the word leader because it means one who leads the way. Not only in English, but in the original language as well. It's just one who leads the way. Um, 1 Corinthians 11.1, Paul says this, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I think this is a hard one sometimes us to grasp our, our head around. We, 
I think the church has come to this place where we think leaders just do the, run the business of the church. But I'm only accountable to Jesus. But if a leader is being a godly leader, um, there are a few steps down the road than you. So you can say, well, listen, that's kind of how that life is maybe lived out. And if you have a leader in your life that isn't, isn't maintaining God's standards, is they personally are not living the gospel, you shouldn't be following that leader, no matter how gifted they are, no matter how good a preacher they are, or administrator they are, or charismatic, or gifted of laying on and healing people, or whatever. They're, a leader should follow and live by example. Philippians 3.17, Paul says it again to a different group. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. And then Hebrews again says this, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So leaders are supposed to lead, they go first. Right? They go first. Um, and so, hey, they walk through the danger first, you can follow. They live by example, so you can follow. That's the way leaders should lead. They lead by example. They lead the way. This is uh, Jesus. Now, let me pause here because Jesus is our ultimate example. And we should always keep our eyes fixed on him. And if a leader is ever living differently than Jesus, we need to not follow the example of that leader and follow Jesus. But oftentimes the leader helps us put some, uh, some roots to that, some reality, because Jesus is a spirit, right? And so when we can see people's lives and how they grow and how they overcome and how they persevere and how they apply faith to their life, it should be a way for us to help say, oh, I... I can understand that now. I, I'm watching the way they are. Um, you know, if you're in the camp who, who doesn't believe in leaders, I, I just want to challenge you that if we think that leaders don't set an example for us, we're, you're a bit naive. Because all of us follow the example of somebody. And, and you may not want to say, I follow their example, um, you might say, I'm my own person, but you're looking around for how are people living this out so that I can kind of understand this myself. And so uh, we all are following somebody who's a good uh, word, uh, devotion at our um, softball this year. Uh, this, let, me, let me just retract the last like 30 seconds because that all came out weird. At our softball game, we always have a devotion at the end. And the devotion this week was talking was encouraging us to, to follow well, but lead well. Because we're all, all of us are following somebody and all of us are leading somebody. And just this encouragement. Um, if, you don't, if you don't think that you're following someone else's example, let me challenge you with this. Why is your heart broken when a leader fails? When you pick up the paper and you read that this Christian leader had a moral failure and now their teachings are in question and you're, why does your heart hurt? It hurts because we look for people, examples that we can kind of follow. We know that they're not Jesus. 
but somebody who's living now, he says, you know, I should pattern my life maybe and grow because I want to grow and look at them. And then when they have a moral failure, your heart hurts. Your heart hurts because you're following an example. You look, they were a leader in your life. When when there's a leader that I could care less about and they fail, I go, yeah, well, they're, they're human too. Like, it doesn't affect me. When, so, when a secular leader, you know, gets divorced and they lose their marriage, I'm like, well, that's sad for them, but I, my heart doesn't hurt. But when a high-profile Christian leader has a moral fail, failure and the world has it plastered over the news, like, man, I, I'm broken inside. It's because we want godly examples. This is also why Jesus was angry with the Jewish leaders. Because they were not living as they were teaching. They would say, hey, they... He said to them, hey, do what they tell you, but don't do as they do. Because what they say and what they do are two separate things. And that's why Jesus was so upset with the Jewish leaders, because they weren't leading by example. They were requiring the people to do things they themselves weren't doing. It's also why Paul articulates the qualifications for church leaders in 1 Timothy and in Titus. He gives us these qualifications because he knows that people are looking for their leaders as examples on how they should grow and walk. And so one of the ways that God equips us, he gives us leaders who lead by example. Good leaders go ahead and serve as an example for us. Lastly, the third thing, um, which is, uh, is leaders care for us. And this is the whole, uh, the New Testament term for this is shepherd. That's, that's what um, it means to shepherd. Nowadays when someone says, hey, I'm a shepherd, it gets a little weird, right? We go, what do you mean you're a shepherd? That's kind of awkward. Like, I shepherd people. And anyway, you know, just modern day uh, doesn't understand. So it basically means care for. And when Jesus reinstated Peter, we read it in John chapter 21, he used two terms, and I'll, I'll show them to you again. In verse 15, he said, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Uh, the word feed means to nourish. It's exactly that. It means feed them. But the second time, verse 16, here he says, take care of my sheep. Some of your translations repeats the word feed again. Uh, this actually, this word in the original language, is shepherd. Shepherd my sheep. And this word means to guard and to guide. To guard and to guide. And then Jesus again uses the word feed to nourish. So Jesus is telling Peter to care for his people by nourishing them, by guarding them, and by guiding them, by taking care of them. And isn't that what we do with our children when we raise our children as parents? We nourish them. We guard them, and we guide them. And our hope is that they grow and they become mature adults that who then in turn can have offspring to nourish and to guard and to guide. And that's, it's the same thing in the Christian world. That, that God gives us leaders to nourish, to guard, to guide, so that you can be equipped to grow, so that someday you can nourish, guard, and guide the people around you. So he gives us leaders to take care of us. In fact, this is what Paul's instructing the leaders in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, 20, 20, 20, 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's telling the leaders, hey, 
keep watch over them, shepherd the flock. And, um, again, in here, they use the translation keep watch over. The original language is the word shepherd. Shepherd uh, the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And so leaders nourish, guard, and guide us in our calling. So, just to wrap it up, leaders equip us by establishing and maintaining God's standard, by leading the way, and by nourishing, guarding, and guiding. Let me tell you, this is um, not the most easy to preach because I recognize that I'm a leader here. And so when you stand up and you say, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do and this is how you're supposed to do, it's a little weird. But spiritual leaders are not God. And of the three things we've talked about, how God, what God gives us to equip us, the first two are infallible. Okay? What do you mean infallible? You can't find fault in it. You can't find fault in the Scripture, and you can't find fault in the Holy Spirit. But guess what? Leaders are fallible. Leaders are completely fallible. And so God gives us something that's fallible to equip us. Um, we, we as a society have witnessed too many leaders who have succumbed to temptation or led for personal gain. And oftentimes we don't realize it until it's too late. But I'm going to say this clearly. This does not give us a valid excuse to reject what God has given us to equip us. Just because a leader has failed you in the past or you see a leader fail, it is not a valid excuse to reject what God has given you no more than it is to reject His Word or reject His Holy Spirit. He has given you leaders to lead you and equip you to live the life He's called you to. And, and you just have to say, God, I accept that you've given this to me. And I have to work through the rejection of my life. I, 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 I don't have enough fingers on my hand to tell you the number of leaders who have, have fallen that I have, have, but have uh, equipped me in my life. That I served under them or served with them, that they had influence in my life, but, but they fell. They're not perfect. And I can take the, the part of, the, of what they taught me and what they equipped me with that was good and that was true and I can use that and apply it to my life and I can just reject the rest of it that, that wasn't anything like Christ. And God wants you to grow to that part in your life as well. And in Hebrews chapter 13, it gives us the proper balance as we go here because God isn't calling you to just be blind followers either. But we often say, oh, God didn't come to be a blind follower, but he did call you to be a follower. Uh, Ephesians, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says this. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. I, I really honestly don't know how to read that any, any more clearly, right? Have confidence in them and submit to their authority, here's the reason why. Because they keep watch over you, they shepherd you as those who must give an account. 
So every biblical spiritual leader that God establishes through the Holy Spirit is accountable to God for how they lead you. i got to be honest with you. I would rather be accountable if I'm doing something wrong. I would rather be accountable to you than to God. Right? Which is why the apostles said, uh, hey, uh, uh, um, no, it wasn't apostles, Jesus, I'm sorry, said, uh, don't fear the one who can just kill your body, but fear the one who can not only kill your body, but put your soul in hell. So every leader that God established is accountable for how they lead you. So that's a freedom. Uh, My wife often says, listen, I I can freely worship. I can freely be led. I can freely follow because I know that if you screw up, God's going to get you. (laughs) I don't have to worry about that. I I can just be. I can grow. I can not be so concerned with, are they manipulating me? Are they doing this to me? Like, this constant angst in our spirit. Like, is this leader going to fail me too? Say, well, if they do, God's going to hold them accountable. And I, I move on and find a, another godly leader that God appoints. Here's the other side of the coin. I love it. Verse, verse 18. Ready? Oh, wait, wait. No, I didn't finish this part yet. Do this so that your work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit of you. There are times that leading people is a burden. Just going to let that rest, okay? And so the question is, are you a joy to lead or are you a burden to lead? And you can answer that question for yourself. Here's your role. I love Paul's, or not Paul, but the writer of Hebrews, just the profound Next verse on what your responsibility is, uh, uh, leaders, pray for us. I mean, this just, is just awesome. Like, it's like, hey, uh, what you, you can follow and just, hey, pray for us. We need it. And so what I want to say is this, as we consider um, God equipping us with leaders, that God uses leaders to equip us, um, it works well. Okay, when a leader knows they're accountable to God and loves, loves the people they're leading and, and does these things, that they, they maintain God's standards, uh, they, they take care of, of the people that God has entrusted to them, and they lead the way by example. And when the, when the people they're leading allow them to do that and lead them and, and teach them and encourage them and and, uh, and hold them accountable and call them up and say, hey, you seem like some stuff's slipping in your life. Is that okay? And instead of getting mad and saying, I'm going to another church, you just say, well, maybe there's something here. Let's have a conversation. Help me understand. Because I promise you, at least for, I know for me and for any good leader, we're not, we're not trying to get in your pocket. Okay? I'm not trying to retire. I'm not trying to build a name for myself like Zip, the Zip Clip said. God puts a burden on leaders' hearts that they want to see God's people equipped and grown 
personally, and then the kingdom of God moves forward. That's the, that's the drive. That's the drive. And so uh, I, I, I challenge you today to let your leaders maintain God's, establish and maintain God's standards. Uh, so sometimes if they're having a conversation with you, they, maybe they're seeing that God's standards are a little bit relaxed in your life. And they're helping you out there. That they're, let them lead the way by example. Right? Like, hey, they're following an example. And you ask questions. You don't have to be a blind follower. Like, why are you doing it that way? What's the scriptural piece here? Where does scripture in that line up? Help me understand. Like, and then let them care for you. In the way that scripture says, not the way you think. Let them nourish. Let them guard. Let them, let them guide. Let them guide. I think, and you're catching a bit of my uh, bearing my soul to you today because I'm, we're talking right now about our relationship. Is um, I think that probably one of the most frustrating things for pastors is to go before God and see where God wants to take a church or a group of people. And, and this is a place where we can grow and things can happen and people go, yeah, no. We would rather stay here uh, in, in this uh, and not allow them to be led to something else. And that's, that's heartbreaking for every leader. Um, I praise God that I have not run into that here on a, corporate, on a whole church level. You have good leadership team that we work together and we move forward. So, I want to invite you today, um, we're going to wrap it up here, to... I think the, the song, we're wrapping up here, our, uh, the piece of the calling about equipping for calling, whether that's the word, the Holy Spirit, or leaders. In the song that we sang during worship today, which wasn't planned by us, but it's, it's apropos, is just, I surrender. And where in your life do you just need to surrender? Do you need to surrender to let God equip you? So that you can live the life he's inviting you to where you're holding on to some form of your life or an old part of your life and you won't let it go. And, and maybe, you need to, maybe you need to surrender to something in Scripture. Maybe you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit moving and at work in your life. Or maybe you need to surrender because you've just buck, been bucking leadership your whole life. Where do you need to surrender? And I think that prayer of today is, Lord, I want to grow. I want to be fully equipped to live the life you've invited me to live. And, and we're going to jump into that next week about what does that look like? Giftings and uh, uh, special abilities and, and parts of the body and where has God placed me and made me a certain way. And like God has made you for a reason and for a purpose. But you've got to let him equip you. You can't just go off down to like Walmart and say, you know, buffet style. I, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. Like, to my conversation with someone yesterday, despite what the world says, you can't be whatever you want to be. You can't. No matter how hard I try, I will never be able to dunk a basketball. That was a goal of mine when I was like 18. Like for four years, like working the leg muscles. Someday I'm going to get it and practicing. Like, it's never going to happen, Steve. 
There's just some things in life. God created you, and we are most fulfilled when we, when we find that, that spot, that sweet spot where he's created you with the, your personality and your gift set and your, the way you think. And, and man, when those two things collide, life is amazing. And that's our goal, is to find that for all of us. But for that to happen, you've got to let God equip you. You've got to be happy with what God has given you, not what you think you want. And so, I'm going to pray this morning. I, I challenge you just an area in your life where you just need to surrender to the work God is doing in you. Say, God, I surrender to your word. I, I need to surrender to your Holy Spirit. I need to surrender to leadership. And that's between you and, you, you and God at this, at, at this moment. But surrender. It's uh, to, Jim's, to Jim's point this mo- today, this morning, uh, the gospel's full of paradoxes. How, how does surrendering make you free? How does death bring life? Right? This is, this is faith. This is the gospel message. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, you provided the opportunity for us to live a new life, an amazing life that's full of promise and fulfillment and joy and peace and all of these things that you have in store for us. And not only have you invited us to live that life, you offer us uh, an equipping to get there. And today, Lord, as we've finish up looking at how you equip us, that you equip us through your word, you equip us through the Holy Spirit, you equip us through leaders. That Lord, today we just, we just surrender to the work that you're doing in our lives, corporately as well as individually. Some of us need to surrender to your word and apply it to our life and live it. Some of us need to surrender to your Holy Spirit that's been knocking at our door and calling us to a different place, wants to impart to us a gift. And some of us need to surrender to allowing godly leaders to equip us and lead us. But Lord, today as a congregation, we respond and say we surrender to the work and to the equipping of our lives that you bring us to. Because we want to be everything that you've created us to be. We want to see that perfect collision of who we are colliding with the work to do and a person to be so that we live victoriously, full of abundant life. So Lord, we say do your work in us. Fill us with all of you. Lead us, we ask, in your holy name. Lord, we pray for the leaders around us. All of us in this room have leaders. We respond to Hebrews' encouragement to pray. Pray for leaders. We ask you, Lord, that you would strengthen our leaders. Lord, our world is very challenging right now. And whether our leaders are governmental leaders, workplace leaders, spiritual leaders, family leaders. 
Lord, it's, it's been a tough go for leaders trying to navigate these waters and lead their, the people that they've been entrusted with in a good way. And some of our leaders have gotten it right and some of it's gotten it wrong and a whole mix of stuff. But Lord, today we, we lift them up to you today and we ask you, Lord, to sustain them, to encourage them, to give them everything they need, especially your Holy Spirit, for wisdom and guidance to lead the people correctly so that your intended outcome is, is realized. Lord, we praise you, we love you, we celebrate you in your precious name. Amen.